recording now. It's all live. It's all happening. It's fine. It's all going to go fine. Okay. Okay. Episode one. Let's get into it. Yep. Welcome, listeners all, to Balrogs and Blasters. What is Balrogs and Blasters? Well, well, let's go into it. <laughs> this is a terrible start. <laughs> that was good. No, I like it. Like that was a terrible start. Okay. Well, Barracks and Blasters, it is a sci-fi and fantasy podcast. We're covering movies. We're covering games. We're covering books. We're covering pop cultures galore. Are we the only podcast that does this kind of stuff? Who knows? It's, it's possible. I don't I don't listen to enough podcasts to know. But uh, be aware that we're going to go on tangents. Uh, we don't really know what we're doing. Yeah. So if we start wandering off, in, into realms that we didn't even think we were going to wander into. Just try and stay with us because we'll get back on. We'll get back on track. Oh, well, I mean, I don't want to promise that, but I think I, I think uh, the the tangents are kind of. We can just say it's part of our charm. We can we can make our ineptness part of just our charm and our uh, our USP or unique selling point. If you're a fan of acronyms. Okay. Yeah. I Is this still that. part of the podcast? I mean, probably. Okay. We, can, we can make it. It's uh, you know. We'll, yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll finesse it and curate it as, as we need yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's probably important that we say who we are, though. Like, So, uh, my name is Sam, and with me here is my co-host and friend, Patrick. Hello, everybody. It's good stuff. It's good stuff to know who, who we are already talking. Patrick, now, we've been, we've been friends for, oh, gosh, a while now. Would you like to put on the podcast officially that I am your best friend? Hmm. Do I want to make that commitment at this stage in our friendship? Uh, you're you're one of my best friends. Oh, oh. that's somehow worse. <laughs> oh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you do not need to adjust your sets. The sound, the static sound coming out of your listening devices is my heart being ripped into. That's fair. Yeah, I don't, I don't need to know who who's in the group. I'm just I'm just glad to know that I'm uh, I'm part of the party. Uh, so we should probably talk about why we're actually doing this, yes. whatever this is, before we do it. Uh, so I think it's fair to say, like. We like podcasts, and we like talking to each other, and we like a lot of the same pop culture stuff. It's a lot of sci-fi stuff. It's a lot of fantasy stuff. It's a lot of movies. It's a lot of games. It's a lot of comic books. It's a lot of books. It's a lot of stuff. Uh, and, you know, the tangents that we were talking about, that's a big part of it as well. Uh, so we figured there's got to be a way to combine all these to provide just the people out there with some just some top quality, rich and creamy content. And we thought, and well, we thought, Patrick, it was, you birthed the idea, I think it's fair to say. Of, uh, of doing a podcast. Well, several pints again Guinness birthed the idea. Well, yeah. I think we'll have to we'll have to give a fair credit there. Yeah, so really it, it is something that we came up with while we were in the pub. Um, yeah, that is fair. Basically going, we're saying gold here and no one is recording it, no one is listening to it. So we just want to share it with you people. Yeah. And there was, of course, we were talking one day in the pub and someone came up to us and said, I'm just overhearing your conversation. Is there a way that I can listen to this kind of on my own terms on a on a weekly or bi-weekly basis? And we said, sure. Well, we'll, we'll look into it. Uh, should have gotten their name. Should have gotten an email. Yes. Or something, but that's, you know. We will call this there. person Pretzel Girl. Pretzel Girl. And yes. maybe we'll get them in as an intern. Yes. That'd be great. Because <laughs> as, as we said, uh, we need someone who knows what they're doing around here. Uh, so we should probably talk about the kind of stuff that we're going to cover. We've kind of covered it a little bit already. Um, but it is going to be the movies that we love, the books and the games that we love, the stuff that's, you know, the news that's coming in on those kinds of subjects. If there's movies coming out, if there's trailers coming out, if there's things like this week, which was Gamescom, which is a big part of what we're going to be talking about. Uh, and any of those fun subjects we find interesting and even stuff that's not a, not current in the, in the, in the news sphere for these kind of subjects, just random bits of pieces that we think might be, might be interesting to talk about. 
Yeah, and, and each week we'll, we'll try and start off with the news, get a bit of structure into it, uh, and I think that's what we're going to be starting out with today. That is correct. We are going to be talking about the, the news, the stuff that's been coming in this week, and we thought we'd have a topic for the week as well, and kind of in line with what's been going on this week, we are going to be talking about director's cuts of the movies that we love and whether they are actually worth doing and if they bring something new to the table. And then after that, we'll be talking about some other little bits and pieces. And finishing off with a flurry, if we, if we possibly can. Um, so what we'll do is we will kick off with the news. Patrick, I'm going to let you start off with this first one. I'm going to tell you what it is, though. I'm not going to free you. Thank you. Event. Thank you. So we've heard tell this week. PlayStation Portal. The new portable PlayStation handheld. Yes. It's going to be hitting the shelves. Yes. Basically, soon. a... PlayStation controller has been cut in half, <laughs> an LCD screen put in the middle, and it doesn't play anything on it natively. You yeah. have to have a PS5. Yeah. And you have to be connected to Wi-Fi and stream it over. Now, you can, you can obviously be connected outside as long as you have proper connection. You can be in a hotel. You can be wherever you are. Yeah. As long as you have a proper connection, you can play Do you say, do you say in a hotel? In a hotel. <laughs> yes. Okay. Why not in a hotel? Well, I... I I, I've left my PlayStation 5 at home. I want to play some Horizon. I'm in a hotel. Yeah. I pull out this ridiculously expensive thing, which is 200 euro. 200, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I just start playing with latency and all that kind of stuff. They say it is optimized, so it's not going to be like what you do with your phone at the moment where it uh, it's a bit laggy, it's a bit stuttery. Yeah. But it's yet to be seen. Okay. Uh, the only pro- the only big drawback that I see on it is there's speci- there's no Bluetooth on it. Yeah. So if yeah. you want to use wireless headset, you have to buy the new ones that Sony are bringing out. Yeah. It has a specific. Uh, is it PlayStation Link they're calling yes. it? That's uh, that's you so you have to get a specific kind of Sony headset. Yes. Where you can where you can listen into it. And there's only two headsets at the moment: earbuds and a. The PlayStation Pulse Pro, I believe it's called. Okay. Uh, but the technology is being licensed out, so there will be third parties in the future. But it is a pain. Okay. And like, just from my point of view, what I'm trying to figure out with this thing is, if someone's playing the, if someone's playing my PS5, no one else plays my PS5. But let's say someone was in my house playing my PS5, and I wanted to play a different game separately via the portal. No. So you can't. Okay. No. Okay. It's it's basically playing on your PS5 and being streamed to you. Okay. It's just not going to your TV. Okay. So it's really for the situations where someone else is using your main TV. Okay. That's or right. you're sitting on the toilet and you want to continue playing. Okay. And I can see, like, I can see some people would want this. I I'm not one of those people. Yeah. But I can see maybe you would want it. You know, you're 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 talking about. Uh, not not using the TV in yeah. the living room too much, or uh, giving up a, a bedroom for for growing family and things like things like that. Yeah, because I I want to be playing my PS Five, but I also want the credit of uh, spending time with my family. So I think a good way to do that is to stream it through, yeah. <laughs> through this remote control while everyone else is watching something on TV. It would just break my heart because I've invested in my OLED TVs. Yeah. With HDR and Dolby Vision, all that kind of stuff, yeah, and not having that and just looking at this tiny screen, uh, it, it's, it's just not for me. Because it's a, it, like it's a 1080p 
resolution yes. screen, right? So it's it, it's only going to get you so far in terms of. But it is small, so yeah, it should oh, yeah, look. Yeah. It should look good. Yeah, you know? is, I I can see how it would be good for certain games that you can get on the PS5. But I think there are certain games where it's it's not going to be. It's not going to be like how they were designed to be seen. It's like a it's like a James Cameron movie being watched on your phone. Like you know how he gets all kind of bent out of shape about that kind but of stuff. But that's how you watch all James Cameron movies. Oh yes, I do. Yeah, I watch them in uh, I watch them in five minutes. <laughs> while I'm on the low. Yeah, <laughs> it's the way I it's the way I always been. That's I still haven't gone through Avatar two. I'll get there eventually. I just I just haven't been to the loo enough to get through the end of this the end of this film. Um, so maybe one of us will be getting possibly. We'll have yes, to, we'll have to it, wait and it it will probably feature on. Our, ser- our YouTube series, I bought something stupid. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And there is going to be no shortage of stuff for that. But that's, there is that is a guarantee. I don't mind guaranteeing it now. You know, I will I will invest the money into yep. making that content. Um, okay, so the next thing we will talk about is the Xbox Series X wraps. Now, when you first sent me this note about this news, I thought it meant that they were no longer making the Xbox Series X. <laughs> You said that they had wrapped production. No, 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 no. So th- this is in uh, response to, I believe they're called the PlayStation Five Blades, where you can take yeah. them, take them off your PlayStation Five, replace them. They're they're selling the Spider Man Two Special Editions yeah, blades. Yeah, yeah. Not anywhere in Ireland that I've been able to find so far. Yeah, but uh, if I can get my hands on them, I, I will. Yeah. But this is basically a. It's kind of like a. Do you remember Trapper Keepers or those note? I think you know things? that I don't. <laughs> they, they, they were note taking things, so it was, it was it was a particular plastic, yeah, that wrapped around the notebook, yeah. and stuck on with Velcro. It's very similar, so it's 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 basically the same thing. Okay. On your Xbox Series X, the big bridge-looking thing that yeah. it is, you can wrap this around, and it turns it into a Starfield limited edition, okay. or the other two are. Two camo ones, which I, I really don't care for, but the Starfield one looks pretty good. Okay, uh, it, it's it's not permanent. It's not like a vinyl wrap that you're going to have to rip off and yeah. discard. You can take it off when you want. You can swap them around. It's going it's going to be interesting to see what they come out with. But uh, I'm definitely interested in it. Okay, because the getting any kind of limited edition Xbox Series X at the moment in Ireland is nearly impossible. Mm. I well, I was going to say that I won't be getting one. The main reason is that I don't have an Xbox Series X. The question to you, Patrick, is: Is there one of these wraps that is so good it will convince me to get an Xbox Series X just to have the wrap alone? So as I said, there's only three at the moment. Yeah. Now we've got Fable coming out in a couple of years. Oh, we've got man. We've got uh, other Xbox exclusives that hopefully will 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 tickle tickle your. <laughs> well, I mean, the, when it all tickles, regardless. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, to be honest, like Fable is one of those games where it, that that's probably the game that would convince me to Yeah, it, and I, I'd be very it. curious to see what they come out with, because this is a prime opportunity. And, and PlayStation, the, the PlayStation Blades for Spider-Man, this is the first time that they're doing it. Yeah. And that wasn't a limited edition console, so yeah. it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Do you want to hear my prediction about the next PlayStation? Yeah. Okay, so... I have a theory that each PlayStation that comes out it changes from uh, curvy edges to uh, straight corners and edges. So you had the PS2, which was just like straight edges, right? Right. Then you had the PS3, which had kind of that curve along the top, which had that yeah. kind of bump, right? Yeah, I'm looking at them. Yeah. Looking at them. PlayStation 4, again, straight edges, quite like the PS2. Well, that one's and then one. you have the PlayStation 5, which has kind of more of the curvy edges. It looks more like a, Wi-Fi like a broadband hub. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, roughly. so my theory is... PlayStation 6, 
all straight edges, baby. That's all it's going to be. That's what I'm thinking. It's not the most sharp, expensive. straight edges. Yeah, exactly. Kind of technology yeah. that will cut you. It's going to just like cut you <laughs> off. Like they're not going to be able to keep it in a cardboard box because it would just slice through it. Yeah, it's going to be like a Japanese knife. It's going to be great. Yeah, of course. Before then, we're probably going to get a PlayStation Five Pro. Mm, yes. A PlayStation Five Slim. All yeah. those, all those variations. Absolutely. I have zero predictions for those. All I know is I have my one theory <laughs> about the, the the shape of the next. Uh, a serious PlayStation that comes into production, but uh, hey, why don't we uh, why don't we scoot on over from uh, from games and move into something a bit more a bit more movie based? If you don't mind, let's hear. Um, we've got some delays coming up. Yes, delays of movies. Now, the what's interesting is whenever I see the news about the the films that are being delayed, it always says kind of amid the strikes. It never says caused by the strikes, and it never says it's not caused by the strikes. It's saying that there is maybe a correlation, but not a causality. Um, and there are a lot of, well, I mean, the ones we're going to talk about here. So we have June 2, yeah. uh, which is now being pushed out to March 15th, 2020. It's fine by me. Yep. You know, it's, 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 it's no issue. I mean, to be honest, when it comes with these kind of situations, when it's like strikes, and I feel like there are sometimes publications that will be like, oh, these strikes, you know, they're pushing out movies and we're really annoyed about it. But then you have to kind of look at it and say, well, I mean, they're, they're striking for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Like, us here at Balrogs and Blasters, we fully support the, the strikes. What they're doing is really important. They're generating the content that we're talking about. Yeah, so, absolutely. So uh, whatever they need to be able to achieve their achieve what they're building yeah. and make a living, yeah. is, it, we're, we're all for. So pushing out a movie isn't really going to change our lives. No, exactly. You know? Exactly. And it's also like it's, it's, not the, it's not the rights and actors who are choosing when the film comes out. It's the studio that's deciding when the film comes out. So... Well, it's studios deciding not to yeah. engage with the yeah. <laughs> with the yeah, writers yeah. and the actors as well. So. Yeah, they're making they're making those yeah. decisions so they can be like you know a little these strikes. They're basically saying we've made the choice not to not to get yeah. these out this yeah. time. So June two or tune as it's definitely going to be called. It should be called that really. I think um, is going to be out March fifteenth, twenty twenty four. So that also means that they're going to push Godzilla multiplied by Kong. Uh, from March to April 2024 uh, to make room for June. Well, I believe we're still getting the TV series. Yes, we are. We're getting the Apple TV series, which will be coming out before then, which we've seen some stills of, yeah. which look pretty good. We're going to get multiple-aged Kurt Russell yeah. uh, in the form of his son, Wyatt Russell. Uh, so that'll be, that'll be interesting to see as well. Who apparently has been doing that for a long time, what all the mean? way back to Soldier. He, he played young... Did he really? Kurt Russell in Soldier. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, if, if I needed a reason to watch Soldier, and I, I was definitely looking for one, then that is that is the reason. I had no idea about that. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll have the series coming up, and then, yeah, it's, it's only moving it out by a month, so it's not too bad. Um, and then off the back of all of that, you're getting the fact that the Lord of the Rings animated movie, War for the Rohirrim, yeah. <laughs> is going to be uh, moved out from March 2024 to December 2024. Now that that film that wasn't even on my radar. I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, I didn't. I didn't like the the Amazon show was fine. Yeah. The you you know my feelings about the Hobbit. I really didn't like those three films. I know. Um. So this this animated film just doesn't. It, it, it's nothing that I'm really interested in. So they can delay it as long as they want. Okay. I, I, that's fine by me. <laughs> you will not be pressured. I know. You will not be pressured <laughs> to turn against the strikers. 
uh like for me it's it's that kind of uh property where i'll just take anything i can get so i am excited to see it i'm not going to again like if it comes out a bit later that's okay i can just watch the hobbit movies again like that's fine i'll do that don't worry about it don't watch the hobbit movies again why not they're, they're bad okay. I'm, gonna put, I'm gonna put you in a barrel and ro roll you down a river and then we'll see what you feel like afterwards <laughs> i need to throw me down with a few of my uh, dwarf friends yeah yeah. Evangeline Lily is not going to be saving you at the end, I can tell you that much. Oh, that make me sad. <laughs> <laughs> with her with her ever increasing poor hairstyle choices. I will I will <laughs> I will tell you that you are really taking Evangeline Lily to task. Um I will say this though, just on the subject of the Hobbit movies and the Lord of the Rings movies, I was sort of surprised they never made like you know how they have the Harry Potter world situation in Universal Studios. I was always really surprised that they never did like uh, a Middle Earth style version of that. If only for the fact that so many of the parts in, especially the Hobbit movies, felt like they were geared towards that kind of thing. Like you look at the barrel scene hmm. and you think like that's a that, that's, that's a, a Pirates of, yeah, of the Caribbean that's a style, of the Caribbean style yeah. ride. Or uh, I remember in uh, in Thorpe Park, which is a like a, a UK uh, theme park. There's the there's the Ribena Rumba Rapids. It really reminded me of that. It's just like we got a body of water that's like a stream. We'll just throw some barrel shaped seats in there. And it was coloured like Ribena. Uh, the water wasn't, but the but the uh, seats were. Okay. I think it was really a, a final thought. <laughs> like, yeah, I, 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 I wanted to be going down a river of Ribena. Oh, so, I mean, I'll tell you what. If that happened in the Hobbit movies, that would that would have made a made it a different thing altogether. Yeah, I probably would watch it. It would have distracted Evangeline Lily. <laughs> <laughs> it would have. Like, All right, I'll see. Is that blood? Is that what is that? Is that it smells fruity and delicious, but low in sugar. <laughs> um, interestingly, so the so June was pushed out. Apparently, one of them was considered pushing out uh, the Color Purple remake and Aquaman Two, which are both coming out in December. But they decided against moving those ones out, which I kind of get in the sense that I don't think they want to push out Aquaman Two any more than. Has no. already been done with all the reshoots and stuff. Plus, plus, I I assume James Gunn is just gunning to have it oh? over and done with, and just like try and forget it. Oh yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. They just want to get that thing out the door because they need to make at least a little bit of money off the back of this yeah. this thing, which is just the the last breath of a, <laughs> of a dying franchise. Uh, so yeah, I, also interestingly about that warfare human thing, interestingly. Again, like it wasn't really on my radar. I knew something about it, but I assumed it was like a TV show. I didn't think it was going to be a movie. It turns out it is going to be a movie, which just goes to show that I, you know, I really need to pay more attention <laughs> to when I'm reading things. Yeah. Uh, off the back of that, talking about TV shows, X Men '97. Yes. Another animated uh, piece of a, an old property that we both enjoy is coming to Disney Plus. We don't know when it's coming out, but they have released the Funko Pops. For these, for this TV show, but we don't know when it's going to come out. So we're talking Jubilee, are we? Or... We are talking. The, the... Uh, well, at the moment, we know it's going to be Cyclops, it's going to be Gambit, it's going to be Magneto, Bishop, and Storm uh, are the ones that we know are going to happen. Uh, but more expected to follow. Okay. So I don't know if you'll be interested in getting any of those, Patrick. No. <laughs> um, while I do have a collection of Funko Pops, it was not intentional. Yeah. So, did you did you inherit them from? A, from no, no, no. Um, I used to indulge in a little thing called loot crate, where oh, the one they yes. sent me sent me a lot of tat 
and that's what has filled up studio space today. Yeah. Um. So no, I I I don't need more Funko Pops in my life. No. Uh, I wasn't running to GameStop to get the limited edition ones before GameStop shut down. Yeah. Where everything was being reduced because yeah. I believe they're all now in HMV. Yeah. So. <laughs> HMV is back. <laughs> yes, and full of Funko Pops. It is 90% <laughs> Funko Pops, and the other 10% is t-shirts with Funko Pop characters on them. So it is It is interesting, like, with that series, it's it kind of reflects what I think the whole series is about, which is just, like, cashing in on this yeah. series that people who are now in their, like, 30s and 40s are watching. I think it's not so much. I don't think the story is going to be that. Well, I, I'm more I'm more interested. Do they keep with the cheaper animation style? Yeah. What, was that a style that they wanted to go for back then, or was it a budget restraint? Yeah. Uh, are they going to try and improve it, and will that sort of rob the the soul of it? Or even if they do replicate it exactly, is that going to resonate with anyone? Yeah. Because trying to watch it on Disney Plus at the moment, the original series, yeah, the sound is awful. The 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 lip syncing is terrible. Uh, sometimes the wrong person is talking and it's a different voice, very similar to what used to happen with the TMNT uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh, TV oh, series. Oh, oh, I knew, I knew. <laughs> well, just, just, for, just for our listeners, <laughs> where uh, it would be Splinter's voice, but it would be Michelangelo yeah. talking. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm just, I'm just curious to see how faithful they are. Is it a facial recreation or is it a evolution of what they're trying to, what was originally done? I'm hoping that they do add in like a load of those little like mistakes, you know, like Cyclops comes out and his his whole suit is yellow and his strap is blue, like you know, yeah. they, start, they yeah. just added those little pieces, <laughs> and then the song, the, the the voices are all wrong. I mean, that's what that's what the people want. Yeah. Um, Patrick, did you have any idea that David Ayer wrote or co-wrote the first Fast and Furious film? No. No, I had no idea either, but he has been chatting about it this week to no end. Um, he was basically talking about the fact that he co-wrote the first movie and he basically had nothing to show for the fact that he wrote it, um, which I'm guessing means he didn't get paid any residuals off the back of the, the, back of the success of the franchise in total. Um, I think the real question about this I don't know a lot about the first Fast and Furious film. I've only watched it once. It was, it was a long time ago. Long they're time they're ago. sealing VCRs in it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. that's that. Isn't it a DVD player? It's a combo. <laughs> oh, it's a combo. It's a it's it's portable combos. Uh, so it's TV, DVD, and VHS. Ah, okay. From what I remember, that's oh, well, what that's what's in the back of the the truck. Well, we'll have to watch it again. Well, let, let, let's do it now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so. Yeah, that does kind of date it. I think the, the thing I'm also interested in is, is David Ayer the one who came up with the problematically named racing competition Race Wars that's in it? <laughs> it's a race war! <laughs> uh, that definitely sounds like a random word generator that they use. Like, if, if, that, was, if that script was being written today, yeah. uh, they'd be definitely accused of using ChatGPT or something like that. Yeah. G give us a name for a illegal race. Yeah. Uh, race wars. There yeah. you go. Done. I think we should then spend the next 15 minutes trying to come up with alternatives. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't give David Ayer the satisfaction. No, no, no. Um, so, like, looking at that in total, like, Fast and Furious franchise grossed, like, over $7 billion 
The like, first movie made two hundred and seven million. Yeah. And I don't know if the success of the franchise in total is based upon the success of that first movie. Uh no, because it had to be Tokyo Drift. That's what really rocketed it to uh to, to, to real stardom. You know? Absolutely. People wanted Han. People want to see Han. They didn't care about all things. Eating in every single every scene. Single scene. Yeah. Doing his best Brad Pitt impersonation. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because as we all know, Brad Pitt, he just he, the only reason he does films is so he can just eat food. Yeah. Yeah. Um what? I still haven't watched the last Fast and Furious movie, the one with Jason Momoa. I also haven't watched it. Uh maybe Oh, we shouldn't watch the first one. We should watch the last one. Let's do that now. We should uh, watch them backwards. <laughs> <laughs> the reverse cut. <laughs> yeah, about international spies who become street racers. <laughs> <laughs> their success and their focus on family rapidly deteriorates along with their wrinkles yeah, and their yeah. crow's feet. I think that's definitely the way we should do it. We, yeah. we will turn it into a memento cut and we will, we will become <laughs> heroes. Um, so, Patrick, are you looking forward to Star Trek? Well, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I really don't care. Oh, no. Uh, but I've got it written here in my notes. <laughs> Your reaction is so important for this one. Um, it, it's, it's, I'm definitely the target audience. I'm definitely getting bombarded with it on uh, Instagram yeah. and things like that. But um, no. <laughs> Well, I think that's all we can say. I mean, even if I told you that it was hosted by Jerry O'Connell, no, I'm getting, a, I'm getting a shrug. All right, Jerry, Jerry O'Connell. I, I like Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, Jerry O'Connell, fat kid from Stand by Me. Yeah, yes, and also uh, Spiders. Ransom in Lower Decks. Yeah, but yeah. well, who's fat in Stand by Me? I don't think that's the thing he's known the most for. <laughs> No, what I know most from is uh, Carter, where he played a TV detective who moved back to Canada and solved crimes oh, in his okay. hometown. I was not aware Canada had crimes. That's fantastic. It works. had at least one a week. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> they typed out perfectly. Uh, yeah, so it's on September 8th, which, you know, that was the first day Star Trek was broadcast, which makes sense. Apparently this is like the fourth one. Um, I'm guessing they're trying to Basically, make it like Star Wars. Yeah, May the Fourth kind of thing. Yeah, but uh, I also don't really because last year I think May the Fourth fell on International Potato Day, and that was just that I had to make a choice about what it was I was going to I was going to celebrate. You were already you, were, it, you already had the toga on, like you were... it was it was a mighty potato. <laughs> I think that's fair. So, like, they'll be doing a whole load of stuff. They'll be announcing bits and pieces. So it'll be, it'll be an interesting one. But my usual format for this kind of thing is that I will just wait to see uh, the the news articles that come out on like yeah. Love afterwards <laughs> to see if there's because anything of interest. At, at the moment, I'm, I'm really only watching the Lower Decks and yeah. Strange New Worlds. I've stopped calling it Brave New Worlds. Were you calling it Brave New Worlds? I was unfortunately for a while. Oh man, you must have gotten. Oh, people looked at me like I was insane. Uh, Discovery was fine, uh, but it's just it's it's we're going into the last season. Yeah, um, it's time for it to end. Uh, that's the that's the tagline of the last it, season. <laughs> Come it, on, guys! It, it jumped the shark a while ago for me. Okay, uh, and then once Strange New Worlds came along, it, it 
really just cemented the fact that Discovery was not a Star Trek show that I wanted to watch. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. Like it's it's a Brian Fuller joint all the way through. You know, yeah. It is very uh, indulgent in a good way. Like it, it really kind of he knew exactly what he wanted to make with it, and he he definitely made it. Um, but I wonder is maybe that's maybe that helped with obviously Strange New Worlds is is really good and it's it's kind of classic Star Trek. Was it even more successful that it came off the back of Discovery and that it was such like an opposite to this very serious, very kind of sometimes sinister show? It's a fair point. It is a fair point. Uh, it is much more the 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 weekly panel of the week, yeah, kind of thing. Uh, which, but also they have hijinks, they have fun, and they they don't shove a lot of what was happening in Discovery was. Uh, Shoving a message down your throat. Okay. Uh, oh, it's about family. It's about how we feel. It's how we, we don't really get a lot of that in Strange New Worlds. Okay. You know, but there are hijinks, and that's what I like. That's fair enough. And some mount as well. That hair isn't getting any sexier. If you if you do, it, it can't be on TV. I just wish uh, Rebecca Romain yeah had kept her her hairdo that she had in Discovery. Oh, uh, okay. So she had a huge 1950s bouffant yeah. hairstyle in it, and now it's just straight. Yeah, uh, it was it was a look, and I think she should have. Stayed I think in that look. I think that was all Mount's decision. I think yeah. he came in with his super stylish hair, and he and they said, "Oh, this is what Rebecca Romain's hair going to be." They showed her the big fifties hair, and she was like, "I don't think so." Yeah, I would. I do not want any competition with my hair, please. <laughs> not not to take away from Gregory Peck's grandson's hair in it as he plays Spock. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That bowl cut is magnificent. And as a bald man, I wish I had that haircut. So if you if you could have all your hair back, but you had to have it in just a Spock style bowl cut. And before you make the decision, remember you also have to have the small uh, pointy ended sideburns. Oh, I would love. It. Okay, yeah, I'd uh, be quite eyebrows, happy. Eyebrows too. We're not talking about eyebrows. Well, I, we're talking about hair on the head. I mean, we're not. No, not we, we don't. About. We don't touch my eyebrows. Okay, and you'd have to get rid of it. No, <laughs> no, in discovery. Yeah, this is a real monkey's paw situation. <laughs> in Discovery, he had a beard. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Okay. It was keeping his crazy face warm. You, <laughs> you have you have won this hair battle. And I tip my I tip my mustache to you. Um. So. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> What's under that mustache? Oh, it's just some very pale hair. <laughs> um. So what we'll do is we'll quickly talk about Gamescom. Gamescom, yes. which I didn't know was a thing until about a week ago. And yes. Suddenly, my YouTube was full, jam packed with all these live streams that are coming out, all and these trailers that were coming out. The, the algorithms got you. Yes, is you I know. I am in that whirlpool, and I'm just being sucked in, and I am loving it. Yeah, yeah. Biggest news I think for me that's coming out of Gamescom is around Baldur's Gate three, which Ooh. wasn't going to be coming out this year. Yep. It was essentially going to be a PlayStation five exclusive uh well it, it is coming out on playstation 5 this year but it's not mm -hmm. wasn't going to come out on series x uh xbox had made a concession mm -hmm. quite a big concession and there's so the, the the main issue was on series x you could have split screen co-op on the series s the cheaper version of the xbox you lost that okay so 
because Xbox had said no, it has to be feature parity. Can't, they can't be different. Only the graphics. Yeah. Uh, that's now been reversed, and it just opens opens uh, the the floodgates for other companies to go look. You're, we we can't have feature parity. Yeah. I think that's going to be a. It's going to have repercussions. So, but I'm glad Baldur's Gate is coming to the Xbox. Would you describe it as a game changer? Unintended? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just pop that pump back in my pocket until I can use it later on. So, Baldur's Gate 3, I did want to talk to you about Baldur's Gate 3 because you have started playing it on PC. Yeah. Uh, I have yet to start playing it because I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and also because I was keen for the idea of a, a D&D style game and until I make the... I pull the trigger and actually buy Baldur's Gate 3, I decided I'd try and leap back into Elden Ring. Um, oh, after about like eight months or so of not playing it, uh, and I'm it, was, sorry. Uh, it went badly. <laughs> it went really badly. <laughs> I tried like thirty seconds. It was uh, it was a terrible experience. Um, I, I get the same thing whenever I try and play Spider Man again. Yeah, um, I'm a new game plus at the moment. I'm, I, I jump in. I, I I try and pick it up, and I've forgotten how to play it. Yeah. Uh, so how you could go back into that? Terrible, terrible game of Elden Ring. Uh, I don't know. But... It's not a terrible game. It's just a terrible world. <laughs> That's the difference. But um, you've been playing Baldur's Game. Yes. So how are you finding it? Paint me a word picture. So it really feels like a proper tabletop D&D experience. Yep. Just a little bit sexier. Oh well, oh. maybe maybe not maybe not sexier. I, I I haven't actually done a live action D and D game. I don't know how sexy maybe they get. Maybe they're the sexiest thing ever. Because uh, I've definitely just spent the last week going through every single party member and trying to have sex with them. Okay, uh, and that's worked out great. Yeah, um, I'm I'm very glad that I spent so much time customizing my characters' uh, bits and bobs. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did hear you were telling me that the that there has been issues with like Twitch streams of people yes. customizing their character and they. They move to the next section and oh hey genitals <laughs> genitals vulva b oh man uh you you have several selections between them but um yeah no uh, when when you're playing the game it's very immersive very uh very easy to pick up very hard at times okay and very punishing at times as well where because it's all based off uh, random number generators and yeah. stuff like that. You're you're rolling a dice. A, a dice is being rolled for every single thing you do. Yeah. Uh, it can feel punishing. Now there is a feature called karmatic dice. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that properly, but basically, if you roll several times poorly, yeah, it'll it'll give you a break. But that applies to everyone, even non-playable characters, even your enemies. Oh really? So if they roll badly for a few turns, yeah, it'll go Asher. Would would poor little fella, <laughs> <laughs> and that, that they'll be able to get like a critical hit on you out of Damn. nowhere. Yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's a bit annoying that way, but but overall the, the the whole world, the whole tone of it is 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 excellent, and uh, it's really is a ten out of ten game. You know? Oh wow! I've, I've put a lot of hours into it. I, from my I'm still in Act One. Amazing. Um. I have to stop trying to bang everyone. I mean, it, see, it seems like it would take up a lot of time that would otherwise be spent, I don't know, adventuring and, and pillaging and yeah. all these kinds of things. Um, but hey, you, you do you, man. You do, you do it the way you want to do it. Um, 
on the subject of kind of fantasy style games, we also got a new trailer and gameplay for Black Myth Wukong. This is a Souls-like, is it? It is. It looks Souls-like for sure. And like, considering the fact that there's kind of two Souls-like games that came out of Gamescom kind of quite prominently, one was Black Myth Wukong and the other was Lords of the Fallen, which is a, a remake mm. of, of the original Lords of the Fallen, which came out 2014, I think. Yeah. Um, that one is like... Uh, Lords of Fallen is way more like Dark Souls. It, it's it's got that same kind of vibe of like grim and horrible, <laughs> but, like, uh, but it also has that kind of function of um, uh, like kind of the Soul Reaver kind of mechanic where you have a a device that puts you into like the ethereal world. It's oh, the right. same world, yeah. but it's all a bit kind of wispy, uh, and things are slightly different. And then you can kind of solve uh, puzzles that way. Yeah, I, I don't think I'll be playing either of these games. Okay. The closest I'll get to a Souls like is Jedi, uh, Fallen, Survivor, and yeah. And to be and to be honest, like Black Myth Wukong seems to take from Jedi Survivor and um, and like the the Souls games, even though I'm pretty sure it was being developed before Jedi Survivor was being developed. Uh, so it's 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 an Asian inspired game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you play as a, you play as a monkey, and he has a stick. So not doing it credit, but that's <laughs> so people are going to be comparing this to Sekiro. I assume. Uh, I think because the the combat is quite balletic and it's it's quite like it's a lot of leaps and it's quite fluid. Mm. I think in that way they're going to compare it to Sekiro. I think Sekiro is more. I think it's more punishing in terms of you have to make sure that you are blocking in a certain rhythm. There's more rhythm, I suppose, to uh, to Sekiro. That's a big thing that sets it apart from the other uh, Souls games. Um, but I think with this one, I think you're probably going to get more comparisons to like Survivor and possibly. Okay. Uh, I'd say Sekiro is going to be in there as well because people are going to draw the line between um, a game set in Japan and a game set in China, uh, particularly like in this part of the world. Um, but I think the thing I'm most excited about is that uh, he makes very kind of nice, funny sounds when he's attacking. This is kind of like, like that. It's uh, you know, it's, it's the sound a monkey would make if you gave him a stick and asked him to fight someone. So people listening at home, that was not a real monkey. No, that was no. Sam himself. No. We do have a real monkey in here, but he's he is, he is silent. Monkey. He is just sitting over there with his coffee and a cigarette. Yeah, you want to say something, Brian? <laughs> nah, nah, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the most boring name you can give to a monkey is, 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 Brian. is Brian. Brian feels good. <laughs> Brian feels good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, also, just my final thing on that: uh, one of the locations in the gameplay footage was Windbreak Canyon, which sounds like a joke. <laughs> I, I'm assuming you're going fart region. I'm going with uh, just a coat. It's a nice coat. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. No windbreaker. Absolutely. No, yeah. I was, I was definitely going for a fart joke. And then the other uh, trailers we got there, we got Alan Wake Two, which I know yes, you're probably excited very, about. very excited for. Yeah. Uh, I just finished the playthrough of Alan Wake One again, so okay. the remaster. I was always skeptical about playing games like Alan Wake, the ones that are more kind of story focused, because I always felt like they would be the equivalent to you know when you play like. Like Gears of War, and there'd be a scene where you have to like take a phone call for your earpiece, and then you have to walk slowly for the next like five minutes. Yeah, um, it always felt like it was just that. Um, I think that's probably not doing it justice. <laughs> I know it's definitely not doing it justice, but I think it's. I feel like they're, you know, they're action light and combat light, you know, compared to. It was also terrifying. Oh well, you see, yeah, yeah. Like your 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 main weapon was a flashlight. Oh, scary. Yeah. Like you, you, you were, you were, you were literally just fighting against the darkness. Yeah, 
and then you like click the button and it's like the flashing version of the flashlight and you're like no i want a steady stream wow yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's the scariest thing about flashlights no the scariest thing about flashlights is running out of batteries oh yeah that's true and then you do that thing that they do in films where you like hit it oh yeah that, oh, that, that's what, how what, it works. why does this not work it's like a clapper <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i don't like to it's on yeah. my it's on my i think list. i think like looking at the trailer because there's like uh there's live action stuff in there which i i wasn't expecting yeah um and i think you know this is this is the one that will probably push me towards these kind of games so i'm i'm looking forward to playing that and then like in the in the vein of kind of more kind of standard action games you've got assassin's creed Mirage, yes which is definitely feels like it's going more stealth going to return a more of a return to kind of stealth gameplay uh it seems a lot less gimmicky yeah it's it's very much back to uh, assassin's creed 2 yeah e- even when you look at syndicate or, or uh the other ones that came out before origins they had already strayed away from that kind of yeah. assassin although um what was the one set in France? I can't remember at the moment. Yeah. Uh, but that was Assassin's Creed France? No, it was U- Unity. Oh, okay. Assassin's Creed Unity. Uh, that had much more of a planning assassination yeah. thing. Although I, my, my favourite is still Syndicate, just because of the whole London Victorian age yeah. steampunk vibe. But you're, you're a dandy in yourself, like. Yeah, that's that's your that's your problem. But uh, Mirage is, is has me really excited okay. uh, because I fell off Valhalla very quickly. I, I was forty hours in and I was just doing busy work. You were doing uh, side missions. You love a side mission. I do love a good side mission, but these weren't good side missions. This uh. this was just a lot of busy work and uh, I lost interest. Okay, which is a shame. I'll probably go back to this on stage, but definitely Mirage is more where I want Assassin's Creed to be. Yeah. Uh, I've pre-ordered the special edition. Of course, yeah. It's going to be one of our. I bought a stupid things. <laughs> so does it come with a statue? It comes with a lovely oh, statue. Amazing. Yes, yes. Uh, so we'll do an unboxing of that. I assume at some stage, but um, yeah. No, I'm, I'm pretty happy with where we're going with this. Yeah. Um, I did love Origins and Odyssey. Yeah. But let's get let's get back to it. Let's get back yeah. to what what. It's started off as i think they were yeah. good experiments you know they, yeah. went, they went in a different direction uh and then we have robocop rogue city yes i saw the gameplay for it uh it feels like it feels like an interesting take like i'm but the thing i i'm kind of curious about worried about would be what's the movement like because obviously you can hear the thudding of his of his movements because he's robocop uh is it going to be like a bioshock 2 situation where you're kind of sluggishly moving around my understanding is quite sluggish yeah um you're basically a tank yeah yeah yeah. but it means you can stand out in the open and take a huge amount of fire which is good yeah absolutely because yeah. that's that's more kind of authentic to, to what yeah. robocop is um but like you know it'll be interesting to see there's clearly like some good mechanics in there like you can you can fire against a certain part of the wall and it ricochets off yeah uh, and it's all the people so that's right there's some slow-mo stuff um so it's be maybe one i go for I'm not 100% sure as yet. Not 100% sold. But Peter Weller is there. Like Peter yeah. Weller is doing the voice, uh, which is may just, may just tip it in his favor. Um, and then the final thing I was looking at was Mortal Kombat 1, which has its new trailer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, uh, we've got Homelander in it. We've got yeah. Omni-Man. Yeah. We've got Peacekeeper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not a big fan game person. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't have the reflexes. I don't have the the dedication to learn what to learn the moves and yeah. apply it and the competitive scene, the evos and all that kind of jazz is, is not something I'm really interested in as well. But um, I did enjoy the Injustice games yeah, greatly, sure. but that was more for the story. Yeah, I, I think sometimes with these games, because like you can look at the Mortal Kombat 1, and they've got Mortal Kombat 1, that they've got the new kind of, they've got a summon mechanic where you can like summon in people to assist you. But I think it's, I think it needs, as you say, like a storyline or a gimmick for me to really kind of get me involved. Like Injustice would be an example. Uh, Mortal Kombat versus DC was an example. Mm. And I think depending on these kind of special characters that you can get, uh, you know, Robocop being a good example of like, it's sometimes I feel like it depends on these kind of extra characters that they pop in because the the storyline around Mortal Kombat itself, I don't know, would pull me in yeah. as much as it would for, for someone else. And if Ed Boon's listening, like that's not a that's not a dig at you, Ed Boon. But uh, maybe maybe consider it. Yeah, maybe consider making it just all random. Make a Super Smash Brothers, but for Mortal Kombat, where it's just twenty random cinematic characters. <laughs> you've got you've got you've got your Venom. You've got your Tom Hardy Venom. <laughs> he's the he's the first one. You've got the Iron Giant, but shrunk. You've got uh, Ed Two O Nine, but like also shrunk. <laughs> It's shrunk versions of massive fighters. Yes, I think you're just really describing a Funko Pop fighting game at this point. Hey, maybe that's not a bad idea. <laughs> you heard it here first, X-Men 97 <laughs> creators. Um, so that, that's, that's what we kind of got out of Gamescom. I'm sure there was a lot more stuff going on. I mean, um, Zack Snyder was there. He was chatting about Rebel Moon. He did the trailer for Rebel yeah. Moon. That was kind of an exclusive there. He was talking about how... He's talked about before how he wants to make a video game for it. Um, but I think that was because at different times in the last few years, he's pitched it as either a movie series or a video game series. Well, was it not originally a script for Star Wars? It was indeed. Yes. It was. And I think you can look at the trailer for Rebel Moon and you can see some of pieces that... Yeah. Yeah, you can see how they could have been yeah, taken from it. They, the... they, they have laser swords. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you about the laser swords. Like, with, how do you? What's the cutoff point for Lucasfilm and Disney's lawyers, where if you have a film that has swords, where the blade is essentially lasers, <laughs> what's the? What point can they just not touch you? Like I, I, I mean, I'm looking at the, the I'm looking at the swords in the Rebel Moon trailer, and they look like they look more like flaming swords. Like you've got kind yeah. of more of an exhaust and a flame situation going on. So maybe that's it. Maybe they're not. Yeah, yeah, I'd be interested to see how you actually engage with these swords. So yeah. they're in your hilt, you pull it out, yeah. Does it go zoom? Yeah. Or is it already there? And all of it is it like a metal core with this smoky, fiery stuff attached yeah. to it? If it's if it's just going zoom up, yeah. then I think Lucas would have well, not George Lucas anymore, he's he's off. On his farm, yeah, enjoying himself. But Disney he didn't give two. He didn't give two jots about it. Disney, Disney will be all over it once they finish with Ron DeSantis. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I, like I, it'd be interesting if there was a conversation where he said, "Look, I want to make this film with you guys," and Star Wars said, "No," nah. and he's like, "Oh, well, I'll I'll make my own movie, and it won't be Star Wars." And I was like, "You're gonna use lightsabers in it?" And he just looked at the floor, and was like, 
no, they're not gonna no. be lightsabers, no. they're gonna be flame swords, so it's gonna be different. Yeah. And Lois like, oh he's called them something different. Yeah, it's just gonna have hippogriffs in it. Yeah. <laughs> I looked at looking at that trailer like it, there's a lot in it, and to be honest, I completely forgot when I was watching the trailer the first time around that it was uh, two films. Yes, there's so much there's so much in it. Like it's a what three four minute trailer. Um, Anthony Hopkins doing his best to tie the whole thing together with his narrative. Um, but you there's, look, there's too many there's there's too many influences in it. I think. Okay. So, okay. Let's rule them off. We have Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars. We have Harry Potter. Yeah. We have. Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe. Sure. We have... Weirdly, I got a lot of John Carter from it. Ah, oh, interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm on board with that. The, the Conan-looking guy who was jumping on top of the... Sorry, it wasn't a hippogriff. It was a... Gotta get it right. They're gonna eat you alive if you get it wrong. That's the other thing. The other thing with wings that looks like a... a griffin? A griffin. Ah! Uh, yeah. He gave me a lot of John Carter vibes. Okay, I get that. I, I was getting, there's definitely some Dune-esque stuff yeah. floating around there as well. I don't know if that's because that was the last kind of significant kind of space epic that we got. Um, yeah, it was. It's, it's definitely got a lot of vibes going on. I'm interested to see how it's all pulled together. Yes. There is a lot of different stuff going on there. We know from experience that Zack Snyder makes very visually satisfying, but very structurally indulgent stuff yeah uh and he's already talking about the fact that there's going to be a director's cut of this of this film so it there i think the two films combined they're like four hours and his director's cut's going to be five hours which surprises me because i would think like netflix just throws money at people to do as they as they see fit like well they they used to not okay. so much anymore but it's part of the his marketing cycle at this yeah. point you know everything has to have a director's cut or Snyder the Snyder cut as yeah. Justice League was called but um, it's 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 a lot to ask of your audience to engage with a four hour obviously split across two different movies yeah. movie and then go sure what if we put another hour on top of that yeah uh, I'd, I'd be tempted just to wait and wait and not watch the, the original cut. So you would you were just watching the director's cut? Uh, but yeah, because I've no burning desire to watch this as soon as it comes out to begin yeah. with. Um, so yeah, I would, I would definitely think about just waiting. I am on the opposite side. I think I will definitely watch this thing as soon as it as soon as it comes out. Just my curiosity is just too much to uh, to stop me from doing it. <laughs> um, but it is interesting. Like, wait, you know, you've been told like, oh, these two films are going to come out. And they're going to be great. But also, I've made a different version that I guess I prefer <laughs> to this original yeah. version. Uh, it's kind of a weird way to a weird way to describe it. Like, it makes you kind of second guess whether or not this thing is exactly going to be what it what yeah. it could be. So, what he really should do is make the five hour version yeah. and then release a cut where it's shorter. Yeah. <laughs> and well, I, that would that, that would work for me. You know, well, I think that's an excellent idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort sort of like what uh, people have been doing with Star Wars, um, the D makes and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. tougher Grace is off? Tougher Grace. Yeah. What a hero! What a man of the people! <laughs> you know, um, he's nothing like his. He's nothing like his character in the uh, in the Ocean's Eleven films. <laughs> 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 but he's a mad guy in a hotel 
But what we didn't know is that the thing that was driving us mad was this prequel series of Star Wars episodes is too long. I better cut these down. Um, but actually, well, while we're on that subject, why don't we move on to the topic of the day, which is director's cuts? Yes. Now, we've already talked there. Like we mentioned the Snyder Cup, we mentioned uh, we mentioned Rebel Moon and how that's going to have a director's cut. Zack Snyder is a big part of the conversation about director's cuts, just because, as you say, he has a media cycle and yeah. he he talks about his his cuts of things a lot. And I think it, it speaks to the way, I guess, the way he makes movies, which is he has a whole view of this thing and it's never going to be like a two and a half hour movie in its entirety. And then it has to get cut down because they need to get a certain amount of screenings in the cinema. And then he brings up this new version, which I guess will make them a bit more kind of money off the top of it. Yeah. And it's kind of closer to his to his original vision. But also when he's messed that cycle up at least once, and that was with Batman vs. Superman. Oh. And there was the ultimate cut. Yes. Which I don't think many people knew existed. Because yeah. um, it, it just sort of flew underneath the radar. Much, much bigger story around uh, the Justice League because, you know... The first one I mean, was, was there were biplanes with with banners flying around, yeah. like saying "Release the Snyder Cut." But, so, yeah. but also the, the the Justice League standard edition done by with uh, Josh Whedon, it just didn't it didn't land. It was it was pretty terrible, in, in my opinion. Okay. Um, well, let's let's he had talk a bit about, more fun with it. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's start with let's start with. Uh, with Zack Snyder's Justice League, which I suppose isn't isn't the director's cut in the true sense of the word, but I think it is just the the ultimate demonstration it's, it's a of sweepings up from, it is a... <laughs> from the editing floor. Yeah, it's it's you know it. We can look at Zach, we can look at Zack Snyder's Justice League and say that's not the film that he would have made if he had just been left to do what he was going to do. Yeah. And obviously, barring other kind of very unfortunate things to happen to him with his with his daughter passing daughter, away. Yeah. Um, but I don't think you can see, you know, let's say hypothetically, Batman versus Superman comes out. Everyone loves it. It it gets over a billion dollars, and Warner Brothers is like, Zach, Zachy boy, you've you've figured it out. You've cracked the code. Just keep on going with what you're going. And he goes with his, you know, two part Justice League movie, and he, if <laughs> you are the golden goose, <laughs> with the golden caboose. <laughs> And you're just popping out those eggs that we want. So go ahead, make the movies that you want to make. We're going to let you do whatever you want. Um, and he comes out with his two movies. Like they wouldn't have been what we got, which was this this four hour this four hour movie that he that he popped out, which was just it was just extra. It's super extra Zack Snyder. Yeah, like, more so than we would have gone for an actual like cinematic release. But. It's not a film I want to watch again. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, yeah, you know, I, I know what you mean. Like it's 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 a lot, and it's not necessarily what you want. Like it's not really fair to compare it to like an Avengers or an Endgame, but like you want it to be kind of a satisfying conclusion. And the mistake that I think the Snyder Cut makes is that it does the same thing that Batman v Superman did, which was it leaves a load of like open threads that yeah. it's never going to be able to resolve. Um, so it leaves in nightmare stuff. It leaves in Martian Manhunter. Um, you know, it leaves in Jared Leto. Leaves in Jared Leto. Uh, no one should leave in Jared Leto. No. no one should let in Jared Leto. No, he's a scary man. <laughs> yes. Um, 
but it's yeah it's it's not doing what it could have done which was just like tie everything up uh in a in a neat bow and just close it close it off and i don't know if it's because he thought he'd be able to do more or if he thought that they give me cash to do it i'll put everything i can possibly put into this thing yeah um i think by that point he must have been i don't know if he may like i I would have expected him to be kind of over it and Mm. thinking like well i'm gonna do my other bits and pieces gonna make my zombie movies gonna make my my space space operas um but god i forgot about the zombie movies oh yeah well like his, his plan is to kind of alternate between Rebel Moon stuff and uh, Army of the Dead stuff because they were going to do Planet of the Dead, but that was that was shelved. Mm. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it it doesn't do what it maybe should have done. Uh, now, not to, not to say that that film doesn't have its fans, it obviously does. Yeah, um, I'd be interested to see that of the of the people and the bots who were clamoring for it to happen, like how many of them were satisfied with it and who yeah. said like this is definitely what I wanted. Um, and it's it's a tricky one because you wouldn't necessarily choose one or the other. I don't know about you, like if you had to choose between if 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 I had to watch Justice League or Just League Snyder Cut, yeah. It would probably be Justice League. That's just mm. because it's shorter. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Um, it's got that fun Danny Elfman's uh soundtrack to it. Yeah, but it also doesn't have all that um all that faff, all that unedited, unstructured, tacked on at the end, stuff at the end of the film. Yeah. You know? Maybe that was so... And it was also a better aspect ratio. Stop, stop forcing 4 by 3 on me. I don't, I don't need this. <laughs> <laughs> it was an interesting choice for sure. Maybe there's, maybe there's a cut in the middle one. Maybe there's a cut between the two of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, we could talk about this film for the next, uh, next 24 hours, but like, what we should, what we can do now is we, let's, let's look at the, because we, Made lists ourselves. We went off separately, yeah. and we thought about the director's cut that we cuts that we like and ones that we don't necessarily like. And we thought we'd just we're just going to alternate between one another and yeah. uh, and bounce off one another, have a good old fashioned conversation about director's cuts. So I'll let you uh, go first, gentlemen. So top tier number one best director's cut: Aliens. Oh, yeah. Not on my list, but one I did definitely consider. It's uh, it's a banger, absolute banger. Um, it it's hard to pick out what what was the additional stuff because I I basically only really watched that version for the last fifteen years. Okay. You know, uh, but I know the the stuff at the beginning where it's about talking about her daughter who's now grown up and all of that stuff. That was all added into it. The uh, the gun turret stuff that was added into it. Okay, that's all. That's that's, that's a great great part. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just the whole the whole flow of the film just feels great. Yeah. Uh, the, the original Aliens was was also a banger, but um, it felt more complete, felt more alive, and it's it's just a version I'll always go back to. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair, and it's not like it's a particularly lengthier cut either. No, like it's, it's, it's only an extra 12 minutes or something yeah, like that. It's tight as a drum. Yeah. Tight as a body drum. Uh, no, I have to have to tip my hat to that. That is a, that is an excellent one, but I think maybe I think okay. Give it a go. All right. Uh, this is kind of cheating because it's it's not just one movie, it's more than a series of movies, but I am going to have to talk about the Lord of the Rings extended editions. Okay. Yeah. Because again, like they're the ones that I will just automatically go to. 
Um, for the longest time, I just watched the original ones because I was a kid and I didn't have my own money, so I could I yeah. just like I I watched the the DVDs of the of the original ones. But like the, the thing about them is they do have long run times. Like that's the thing that make people generally talk about with these movies when they don't really like them. Is you know it's I think the first one. The first extended edition is like 208 minutes. The next one's 226 minutes. And the next one's 252 minutes. Like yeah. they're, they're long movies. But like, I don't feel like they're long. And it's and it's purely because I'm, I'm so in love with those movies and I watched them so much when I was a kid. But like, the additional stuff that's in them, it just, it doesn't feel like it's unnecessary extra stuff. It just feels like it all, yeah. all contributes. Yeah, I, I think it frames it a lot better as well. There's a lot more uh, context for what's happening and why it's happening. Yeah. Uh, still not a lot of... Um, in, in regards to action, it doesn't... I don't think it adds too much. No, no. But no. It, it do, it's just adding the, that context that we're it is, missing. Yeah, yeah. Especially for people who weren't familiar with But there's another example of a film or a series of films where I've o- I only watched the extended cut now. Yeah, uh, I watched the originals when they were in the cinema. Yeah, I never went back to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's fair. And like, I think there's just these fun extra nuggets that you get. Like, and some of it's like funny stuff, and some of it is some of it is serious stuff. I feel like the ones that call out to me are, you know, you've got in Return of the King, you've got the mouth of Sauron, which isn't in the original, but mm. you can see him played there. And it's just a, just a tightly contained little scene there where he arrives and Aragon just cuts his head off and then they're like you can see how they could easily cut it out of the original yeah, yeah. Uh, but no it's a it's it just it just makes it like as as you say like it's the one it's the one i go back to um not so much with the hobbit ones i will say that like i i think i stick with the originals when i go for the for the hobbit ones yeah yeah but, well actually i don't think i ever watched the originals of the hobbit oh so you've only watched the extended ones yes because i know i didn't go to the cinema to see them, and then I only, yeah, yeah. Def- definitely only watch the extended versions. I think I think I would go with the extended versions if it was all just additional dragon. That's that's all I really want. Like, just just give me just, just lots of Smeagol. No, not Smeagol. What even less Smeagol? More Smaug. Oh, Smaug, Smaug, more Smaug. I don't care how you pronounce it. Just give me more of that. Yeah, gorgeous dragon. Um, but yeah, those would be those would be my top choices. Okay. Uh, the elephant in the room, of course, is Blade Runner. Oh, the final cut. The elephant named Blade Runner in the room, along <laughs> yeah. with our monkey Brian. Uh, a lot of people would consider that to be the the the, the ultimate version of a of a director's cut. Certainly, the one of the more frequently uh, cut movies for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, I do have several versions, but I believe the one that's that I watch most is, is the the final cut, which is that's that's the one that I think the director Ridley Scott is is the biggest fan of. Yes, yeah, yeah. because you have the the apparently the theatrical run and then the director's cut, which is kind of not the director's cut because he didn't he didn't have anything to do. With no, it. he didn't have anything to do with it. They just called it the director's cut. I think that was at a time where you just said director's cut, hmm. in a way to sell a different like VHS or DVD. Um, but yeah, that last one. Is the one that he liked, and as as far as I understand it, like it's got no voiceover from Harrison Ford uh, throughout the film. It's got a little more of the unicorn dream uh, yeah. in the middle of, it, and then there's none of the the happy ending at the end when they're when they're driving off. Yeah, 
Is that right? Yeah. I think so, yeah. But surprisingly, like, that doesn't do anything to the runtime of this movie. No. Like, it's it's still... The, the, only, the only thing it doesn't do is it doesn't bring in enough extra Edward James Olmos. Oh, man. You, know? you, just need, you just need as much of that as you can possibly get. Yeah. 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 More like Edward James almost enough. I think that's... I don't like it. And that's... <laughs> that's... <laughs> No, I do like it. And that is the moment when Patrick left the room. Uh, This podcast is over. (laughs) That's the good thing about having these mics that are attached to our shirts is that we can just like take one. This interview is over from the ground. Um, But it's uh, interestingly the one little factoid I know about that is that the um, the driving footage that they use at the end of Blade Runner for when they're leaving is apparently footage that was shot for The Shining. Oh. Apparently, it was Stanley Kubrick's footage for when they're driving to the to the hotel, which I didn't know. Apparently, is uh, is the case. Um, but yeah, I can I can see what that would be. So that's uh, what's the so it's the final cut. The, the final cut. The, the final cut is yeah. We go for. That's a that's a good choice. Good choice. Okay. I feel great. That was on my list. I w- I will agree. That's how I had so much information just to hand. Is the Daredevil director? Oh yes! Surprised. And this is good or bad? Um, <laughs> it's an interesting one, like because I I have a lot of love for Daredevil as a movie. Like I get what it was trying to do. I also get that it was two thousand three, and <laughs> they were trying to do what you know what X Men was trying to do. Yeah, it was trying to maybe a little bit a little bit Matrixy, like more so, but more so kind of going for the later Marvel movies that have come out like X-Men and Spider-Man and less so like, you know, Blade, which would have been kind of pre-Matrix, but yeah. kind of kicked everything off. There's, so the big difference is you have the Daredevil movie, which came out, which was like a, I think in the UK it was like a 15 or something. That was the rating on it. But the director's cut is R-rated. It's, it is, it is filthy. It's rotten to the core. That's why it's so, that's why it's not R-rated. Uh, but actually the reason is there's a, there's like a drug dealer subplot with Coolio in it, yeah, um, and that adds on. I think there's like an extra thirty minutes of, of extra footage that, that goes into it, and it's just a bit more of a darker movie. Like it's mm. a pretty dark movie in general, anyway. Cause it takes place at night, and it's all gritty, but it's it's got a bit of a balance with all the the silly stuff that goes on, mainly because of John Favreau uh, as uh, Foggy Nelson. Fog? Yeah, yeah, Foggy. that's what I meant. Uh, I was going to call him Happy Hogan because that's his, that's his Iron Man character, but um, it does feel more like those. Frank Miller Daredevil comics uh, more so than anything else. Um, so there's like you know how there's the scene where he's going into his hyperbaric chamber and like there's a whole thing where he's he can hear someone like crying out for help but he just kind of closes it over and yeah. doesn't do anything about it. Um, so it's I think it's more of like an oddity because it because it changes the rating and it is that kind of darker version of it and it's similar. It reminds me of I didn't have this one on my list but like the the recut of Wolverine, where you know it was added a bit more kind of gore into it, and a bit more blood into it, and it's but it, it adds more to the story. I think the dead Wolverine's the the Japanese one. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, but I think this one does does a bit more for it, and I think it's because I have, as I say, because I I kind of love that movie. Like I know it's not the best thing in the world. I know Ben Affleck probably hates it, and yeah, yeah. you know, it, but it's I I I, I kind of still love it. <laughs> like Michael Clark <laughs> Michael Clark Duncan. As Kingpin, I think he rivals Vincent D'Onofrio. I was, I yeah. will say, I don't mind saying it. Like he's, he's got a 
just got a stone face in this to him that just really works like character. Yeah. Even though he's not like <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio and he's not the size of a fridge. Uh, although I think, I think they're pretty much the same size. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Jennifer Garner is coming back as Elektra. In, in, is this in Deadpool? Deadpool. Deadpool. In Deadpool three. Oh really? That's I my think, understanding. Yes. I think that'll be that'll be all right. I'd say I'd say that's uh, this is one of our classic tangents. I'd say what they're looking to do there is they're bringing in all like the old Fox stuff, and yeah, either they're going to kill it off in kind of a Deadpool kills the Marvel universe, or they're then going to roll that into like Secret Wars. Okay, that would be my expectation. Yeah. That they're going to draw a line over all of that box stuff. Yes. Um, but yeah, so Daredevil. If you ain't seen it, see it. Yeah. Um, You're not going to see it. I'm not going to see it. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I've watched it. I've watched it several times. I just don't need to see it again. I don't need to see uh, Bullseye again. No? I, no. You don't want to see him like. I don't want to see <laughs> playing him playing rub, with. Rub a, a, a dart across his forehead. No? No, I don't okay. need to see any of that. Um, it, it was okay. Uh, what was what was the song? Was it lap dance? No. There's some. There's good music in it. That's all so, I remember. There's no lap dances in it. Actually. No, there's good. There's good music in it. Okay. Evanescence is in there. Oh sure, yeah. yeah. Um, big fan. Big fan. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think I'll be seeing it again. Okay, well, I'm I'm disappointed. Yeah, I'm sad. You've made me sad now. Yeah, but like, I think Daredevil. I don't know if people feel that it added anything that director's cut. Yeah, well, did it? it was it necessary? And I think uh, as we're talking about thing about director's cuts, that were they necessary? Were they or were they just uh, superfluous? Yeah, the one that really stands out to me is uh, the the Dune. Director's cut from. Here we go. Oh, oh no, he's lost it. I've lost it. You, you, you know, the, the one was Sting. David Lynch. David Lynch. David Lynch. Yes, yes. Who famously was not involved with the director's cut of Dune. Interesting. I did not know anything about this until you just told it to me. It's. It doesn't add anything. It, 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 it spends a lot of time explaining the world of Dune. Oh, you. okay. There's lots more voiceover, there's lots more uh, context given. Okay. But the thing that made the original movie work was that it didn't go into that level of detail. Yeah. It uh, especially when they when you think about the, they were trying to cram so much into one movie. Sure. It's and, like, it's not, and it's not that long of a movie. No. Uh, but the, the director's cut of that is just appalling. It's, it adds nothing and it really shouldn't have been done. David Lynch has often come out and said, This is just not nothing to do with me. I would never have done this. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's the one that if you're going to go into a shop or you're going to go onto the Apple store, it's the director's cut that's being pushed. Which, which shop is this that I'm going into that has. <laughs> David Lynch's Dune on the shelves? HMV. Oh, yes. <laughs> HMV, right beside the, the Funko Pops. <laughs> the Funko Pop of Sting. <laughs> and Patrick Stewart. Um, it's interesting, like, because with Dune, like, I know that wasn't really considered to be a success either. Like, even No, it, was, it wasn't a great movie, but at least the original was... 
had a bit of mystery, a bit of magic to it. Yeah, you know, I, I do know that uh, when uh, Jodorowsky, Jodorowsky, who tried to make Dune before David Lynch, I'm just going to pronounce his name wrong. Uh, so there's obviously the the documentary about Jodorowsky's Dune where he tried to make it and and kind of it kind of all fell apart. Apparently, yeah. his he didn't want to go and see David Lynch's Dune, but his I think his sons convinced him to go. And he went to see it and he was like, oh, I feel much better because this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like it's not a great movie. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I think in terms of ones that we're talking about that are bad, I think this is a tricky one for me. I have, this is another movie where, you know, I'll, I'll defend it to the day I die probably. Even if I live for 200 years, which could happen, you know, who knows? Uh, it's not going to happen. I need it's to not. stop convincing myself it is. Yeah. Uh, so it's, we were kind of talking about it earlier, but the ultimate cut of Batman v Superman. I do yes. want to bring it up because I, as I say, staunch advocate of that movie. I know it's not good. I know there are a lot of issues with it, and it is kind of the the signal that this particular ship was going down. Um, but like the original movie, I think works for me as a movie. Like it does everything I want it to do. Um, but what the ultimate cut should have done but didn't do was saw off some of the um, additional stuff that didn't work. And when I say that, I mean like either finish off or provide a conclusion to like the nightmare scene or cut it out completely. Mm. Like I think there was a there was an opportunity there with the ultimate cut, which I know Zach Snyder wasn't going to do because that's not the way he does his director's cuts. But there was an opportunity there to make it a neater film. Like you can you can look at Batman for Superman, you can take out nightmare scene you can take out the time travel bit with the flash you can take out the additional justice league members you can take out the bit at the end where the soil floats off the grave which off the back of it makes no sense um you can take all that out and it's a better movie i think yeah. a more uh, uh a more sellable movie i guess but what he does is he just fills in additional plot points that weren't really the issue Although there were, it kind of answers questions from the original one, like explains more about like Lex Luthor's plan and, and this kind of stuff. But I think you had an opportunity there to make a neater film, and you, you kind of missed that opportunity. And now, who is it for? Topher Grace to do? Is it Topher Grace's responsibility to to answer? We'll, we'll have to reach out and see. We'll have to get in touch with his people. Topher, and I think I can call you Topher. If if you're listening now, reach out to us. We'll give you the we'll give you the contact details at the end. But we'll have a conversation about this. Yeah. But the, the problem as well is no one is going to praise the director's cut or the ultimate cut, sorry, because what people fo fixate on is the Martha scene. Okay. Uh, and whenever whenever I have a conversation with people about Batman vs. Superman, and I, which is all the time. Yeah. I, I, I'm Like yourself, I'm a staunch advocate for it. But... The first argument that people bring up is, oh, it's really stupid, you know? Yeah. Uh, Martha, and then they just stuff on. That's, that wasn't going to go away, because that was that was always going to be the, the way Zack Snyder wanted that, that their dynamic to change. Yes. And no matter what you did with the with the core film, whatever, what you added, what you cut away, yeah. people are just going to fixate on that, that one scene. It, it is a, a very a very rickety little bridge that is connecting the first two acts of the film with the third act. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's fair. And like, depending, I think you're right. Depending on how much you like the rest of that film, it becomes less of a deal that there's that whole scene. Uh, but yeah, I think for for people who aren't 
as uh, as inclined to really enjoy it, then it's it's a it's a big issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, but not not one to be solved. Certainly not one to be solved by us. No, no we don't have the means. Not. Yeah. Definitely. Not. I mean, our editing software is just just not up to scratch at this point. Yeah. Do you have a final one that you want to talk about? Not really. We could we could go into things like um, apocalypse now redo and all yeah. that. But um, for for myself, no. I uh, those are those are the ones that I sort of care about. Well, not their yeah. level, but the, the, the rest. <laughs> you <of them>. love. <laughs> but the rest of them definitely, uh, I think, recover. But there's, there's another one that you want to. I think the only one I really want to bring up is the the Donna cut of Superman two, which I think has been you know it was. Oh a... yeah, it wasn't very good. <gasps> I that didn't was, like that it. was Brian gasping. <laughs> I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I think that's I I I do like the I do like the Donald Trump Superman too. I think compared to the original one that Richard Lester directed, it's a it's a better movie, um, and it's got less kind of janky reshoots in it, like in comparison. And it's I think it's just made of a bit more love and a bit more kind of consistency. Um, See, I, I I grew up with uh, Superman two on ITV on a Saturday or Sunday morning. Yeah. It would have been UTV over here in in, in the, the free parts of the world. <laughs> and um, for those who don't know, we're recording from the Republic of Ireland. Yes, yes. <laughs> but um, that's that's the version that I liked. Yeah. And I remember once I had my own money, I I, I was I could do my own thing, right. going out and getting a Donner cut, yeah. and being so excited and bringing it home, and then watching it go. This is not the Superman two that I love. Ah, um, and whatever I'm thinking that the the one you watched on TV does that have the bit at the end where uh, the three Kryptonians get arrested? That the police cars come along and pick them up at the end. No, because there there are certain TV cuts apparently that have that. No, they it's they get thrown into the abyss in yeah, the, yeah. in the fortress of Solitude. Yeah, that's that's the only ending I've ever seen. Okay, I I, I haven't figured out what cut that that bit belongs to. Um, but no, I am. Uh, I think also because the Donna Cut also has like Marlon Brando's back. There's no weird scenes where like Gene Hackman clearly didn't come back, so they have to just film the back of his head. <laughs> this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, like those aren't my favorite superhero movies, but they are. They are ones that I have a, a fond, a fond affection for. And even though I, I, I do want to do a quick shout out for the um, only because it's been in. I don't want to say the word zeitgeist because I. Not sure how to apply that word. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll the dice and say it's been in the cycles. Conversations about the um, the Schumacher cut of, of Batman Forever. Um, oh yes, yeah. In the- it, that popped up and then very quickly died. Yeah, it did. Yeah, uh, I think it was Ken Smith said he did a screening of it and, and this kind of stuff. Um, and just because it's there's some deleted scenes that exist on like the DVD where a lot of those are part of this cut and apparently it's just a bit uh, darker and it goes into more like. Batman's psyche and mm. uh, Chris O'Donnell as, as Robin plays less of a less of a part, uh, and there's a big bat, it's a big man sized bat. Uh, yes, it. but it's not man bat; it's just a man sized bat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that is one. If if they said that was coming out, you know, I'd be I'd be up yeah watching that. yeah I'd watch that yeah. If that's what turns the t- turns the tide on it, then we're going to be heroes. Yeah. Um, I think that covers up our conversation. About uh, director's cuts. Yes, I think what we can do now is I think what I think we can probably uh, put a pin in this charming afternoon that we've had. Patrick, do you want to tell us what you're uh, if you're reading anything at the moment? Any 
any special book in your life that you're reading at the moment? I am currently reading The Justice of Kings. Uh, it's about a set medieval world where the, the emperor's justices, basically judge, jury, and executioner, yeah. are wander the countryside uh, anywhere where there's no courthouses, and they bring the, the, the emperor's justice. Uh, so they're, they're the final word in in the law, so people wait for, for months, years to see these people and yeah. bring their bring their grievances. They the justices have their own special set of powers, but it's set at a time when there are competing factions within the empire yeah. who are you have the justices on one side and then you have the the church on the other. Yeah. And they want the powers that the justices have because the justices have a voice that compels people to answer questions. They oh, right. some of them have necromancy powers so that they oh, can cool. question the dead. The the church wants those powers so that they can go off into other lands and br- spread the the word of, of their gods. Oh. And it it centers around around a female character who is the is the assistant of the justice that that we're currently following. And okay. she's recant she's recanting what happened in those early days. So she's older now, but she's she's sort of telling the story of what happened to her as she was younger. Okay. Very compelling. Lots lots of detective stuff, lots of war stuff, lots of political stuff. It's very, okay. very, very good. And uh, there's a there's a sequel already out and I'm really looking forward to reading that. And uh, who wrote who wrote those books? I'm gonna to have to add that in. <laughs> we'll add it in post. Yes, I'll, I'll add that in post. It sounds like medieval Judge Dread. Like, yes, a bit, yeah. a bit like that. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Um, I am reading the fourth book in the Marcus Heitz Dwarfs series. Oh yes. Is a translation of the German version, which I think is called like Die Zweige. Um, but I see. Yeah, it's the fourth book, which is the Fate of the Dwarves, which was supposed to be the original end of the series, but I think they've they've done an additional one off the yeah. back of it anyway. Um, but like the first two books were really good. The third one was not so good and not great translation on it. Uh, but the fourth one is really compelling, and I'm enjoying it. I've only got like a hundred pages of it left. Um, but They've been big old chunky boys. They are big old chunky boys, and they are the look of seeing them on the shelves when I was younger was kind of what drew me back to reading like fantasy novels. Um, Just to go back to the Justice of Kings, it's by Richard Swan. Richard Swan, and this is not in post. This is live. This, this is live. I, the I, book. I, I went and found the book. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but no, that, that um, I haven't started the dwarves books. They're they're, they're they're sitting on my shelf. I'm looking at them right now, and yeah. I have the first three. Yeah, and they're they're just a commitment that yeah. I'm not ready for right now. It's a good. I've been it, hurt before. It's a good world, and in the in the fourth book, not to kind of I don't think it spoils anything, but it's set like. 250 years after the third book so like you know there's different races in it there's, there's humans and elves and, and mm-hmm. dwarves obviously uh but like the human characters have all died out and it's like their ancestors and some of the dwarves are there and some of them are ancestors of the dwarves and it's it's a it's a it's a good it's a good story because all of the all of the rules because the dwarves are basically the protectors of this realm and they yeah. uh, they stand on like the walls outside of this world to protect it from dark forces um but it's now set 250 years later and like the world has just been divvied up by uh like an evil wizard a dragon a weird dragon-like creature that's not exactly a dragon called a cauldron um and dark elves so it's it's them basically trying to figure out how they can 
get rid of these these governing forces. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I would I would recommend it as a series. So no, Patrick, get cracking. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's too much. <laughs> okay, I think we can I think we can wrap things up there. So what I'm going to do, Patrick, is I'm going to let you uh, bring the good people through our how to get in touch with us. Yes. So if you want to send us any questions or if you have any corrections for anything that we said here, because oh, we we, ha we have we've, we've waffled on a bit. Uh, if we said anything that is actually <laughs> incorrect, <laughs> please let us know, and we will we will address those in our next podcast. Yeah. Did I say zeitgeist wrong? Did I use it incorrectly? Please let us know how to use the word zeitgeist. Yeah. Uh, so you can contact us at on info at balrogsblasters.com. So it doesn't have the and in it. Doesn't have good, the and, which is good. It makes it neater. Uh, yeah, because it looked like with, with the and it was Balrog Sand <laughs> Blasters. Balrog Sand Blasters. That's what it should which, have been. Which makes it sound like a company that uh, sandblast metal parts for you. Oh it's yes, of, it's a yeah. Tolkien themed. <laughs> it's a Tolkien themed yes. company that does sandblast. Uh, you can also get in touch with us through Instagram. Yeah, uh, we have we're we're on there and. We what's, have our, what's our handle, handle on Instagram? Our handle on Instagram is Balrogs Blasters. Yes. And same with uh, Facebook. Amazing. Uh, we only have a Facebook group. but And then, of course, through website, where we will be posting about our videos, we'll be posting about our, our podcasts. And if we get into the mood, we might write some articles, put them up there as well. But uh, it's really really early days for us yeah um we're just trying to get our feet under us and make sure what we're producing is quality yeah uh we're not we're not here we're, this isn't our full-time job this no. is just something we're doing as a side gig that for the, for the love of it for the love of it yeah uh, because we're never gonna make any money from this no that's not uh, that's not what we're doing it no we're doing it for the sheer for the thrill of the chase However, the stories, chasing we're, the topics. We're talking about money. <laughs> we, I'm not going to lend you money, no, Patrick. No, no. We, 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 we are going to have a Patreon. Oh, amazing. Uh, I'm also surprised by all of this news. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick, you've been so busy putting all this stuff together. Uh, we're, we're just working on the um, the tiers, the reward tiers. But it's not going to be anything excessive. We're talking about maybe €2.50 for an entire year. Yeah. And that will get you access to... to Podcast early, yeah, early. exactly. Or if we or, can figure or, out any kind of additional stuff that yeah. we can add that's a value, yeah. Like we, we, we have a little bit of merch together as well, but nothing in the in the volumes that we'd be able to send it for our patreons, yeah. But we'll 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 figure that out, and as so, soon as we know, we'll let you know. But it's not going to be something that we're going to be talking about every single podcast. Yeah, we're not going to be hounding you. We'll, so we'll mention it every now and again. Yeah. So when we a situation where I'm like, Patrick, what uh, the hat you've got on? That's that's really nice. What's what's in, what uh, design has it got on it? Well, it's the Balrogs and Blasters oh, Balrog. Of course, of course. I knew I recognised yes, it. But, pa but Patrick, how do I get my hands on one of those? I don't know yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but surely there must be a Patreon, Patrick, where I can get access to it. So the, 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 hopefully one day we'll have a store. Uh, it's 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 finding a supplier for these kind of things that's Absolutely. not going to rip us off and. Can be integrated with the store and stuff like that, but we're we're not buying thousands and thousands of t-shirts and hats to get a discount, and then we simply don't have the room to store. No, no, or the money. No, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 
that's so Instagram, Facebook group, uh, the website, work. and the email. And we're going to be on YouTube possibly as well. We have that's a YouTube good. channel as well. Uh, we're going to be putting up some videos there. We already briefly mentioned the I bought a stupid thing series. Yes, absolutely. Uh, if if I can, I will edit this into a video as well, the podcast, oh. and, uh, where we talked about the trailers. We'll, well, I'll try and show those trailers, and I, I just have to get my head around that. It might not be for the first podcast, but we'll keep an eye out there. We'll also be doing a bit of streaming. We're, oh, we're on Twitch as well, but that's not ready to go live yet. That's a, that's a sneak bit of information. Like Yeah, the, the, the Twitch is there. We just... We've logistics stuff to work yeah. out there. Just just log on to Twitch now, and just keep refreshing it every few minutes. Like we'll get to it eventually. Just just keep searching yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> All right. I think we can we can put a pin in the day. So yeah, for myself and yourself, Patrick. Yes. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you're still with us, yeah. <laughs> I'm 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 amazed and surprised. We're I think we're at the hour and forty minutes mark now. So that's that's not as long as I thought it was. You know, talking to you was such a chore, Patrick, that I was sure it was three hours long. And you're the friend I always wish I <laughs> the best friend, <laughs> the best friend in a group of best friends. All right, All right. cheers, everyone. Bye. Thanks. Bye.